0: Welcome to Where R.A. Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Ruchi Dinh, and I'm tonight's co-host, a senior from Vietnam studying media, culture, and communication at Steinhardt, and I'm currently an RA at Clark Hall.
1: Welcome, Ruchi. I'm Tom Ellett, and I serve as a senior associate vice president of student affairs. Tell us, second year round, how life is going for you in this position
0: it's been pretty much the same as it was last year, to be completely honest with you. I've had a great time just bonding with residents who are returning residents as well. Um, and I'm their RA for the second year in the in a row. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. But so far, so good. I'm just, I'm enjoying being at, yeah, an RA.
1: Excellent. Tell me a little bit about the Brooklyn scene. Uh, students stay in Brooklyn on the weekends? Do they want to you know, go en masse to Manhattan or the other way around? Are the Manhattan students all coming to Brooklyn?
0: I think there's a good mixture of residents staying in Brooklyn and residents coming into Manhattan. We've had a lot of programs that are dedicated to bringing a lot of residents into Manhattan. Like uh, recently, I did a program where I brought residents to the New Museum, nice. um, which was a lot of fun. So, honestly, I think a lot of them right now are just bogged down with regards to their workload. So, as t- engineering school goes, so yeah.
1: What's been your pinnacle moment of outside the classroom as it relates to being in Brooklyn? Because you may stay there or you may decide to leave.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I like this differentiation I kind of had with regards to getting this job. And living in Brooklyn and working and studying here which is Manhattan is for work and study yeah. and Brooklyn is home like that's, that's a- where I look forward to to just like relax so mm-hmm. whenever I'm in Brooklyn I'm the least productive in terms of my homework so I have to co- come to Manhattan to do D- homework do okay
1: yeah very good so we have a great guest tonight who actually does things that you may want to do later in your career who's our guest tonight
0: Today, our guest is Amanda Moffa, who served as an RA and Founders for Nikisa Straker and Joanna Champion uh, during the 2009 and 2011 academic years. Welcome, Amanda, and thank you so much for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you, and where are you?
2: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited. I was, I couldn't believe I got the email, and I was so thrilled to come on. I'm so happy to meet you and to reconnect with you, Tom. I'm currently living in Long Island City. I've been there about a year and a half now, um, and I recently started a new job at NBC Universal.
1: Outstanding. Amanda, it's great to see you. I used to see you almost every day living in Founders. I know.
2: Back in the day.
1: Back in the day. Same building, different students. Every year it changes. Uh, Why don't you go back to that period of time and tell us a little bit about what you were studying Mm -hmm. first, and then we'll go into your extracurricular activities.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I was also in Steinhardt studying media and communications. Uh, That was something that I actually always knew I wanted to study, and that was something that played a role in my choosing to come to NYU in fact. It was something that I knew I wanted to pursue and I felt what better place than to be in New York in New York City uh, and be able to get that experience and then yeah when I first heard about the RA program I knew right away it was something that I wanted to participate in so I always kind of had that idea in my mind.
1: How about the extracurricular activities that you did?
2: I did a lot. I actually had come to NYU and I thought, that I was going to really just focus on school only and take it easy and not make myself too busy. And then I did exactly opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I was on the diving team. I was a peer health educator. Uh, I obviously did the RA program. And then I also participated in alternative spring breaks. Good for you, where'd you go? Oh gosh, we went to a couple of different places. I did one with Emma. Uh, we went to Atlanta. That was one of my favorites.
1: Excellent.
0: So um, you mentioned that you heard about the RA position in your undergrad. Mm -hmm. Um, So what
2: what made you apply for it? You know, I always loved having that guidance and resource and having someone that I can turn to that was right there on my floor. And I wanted to have an opportunity to be able to do that for someone else. I had done similar programs in high school, and I always found that really rewarding because it also was a way to not... Only connect with my fellow peers who were participating in the program, but to also have that relationship with some different students as well, you know, underclassmen or whoever it was.
1: Tell us a little bit about the founders' experience in, in living in a relatively new
2: building the with a pretty of large. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, it was really exciting. You know, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, when I had first applied for the position, I didn't really know much about Founders Hall. It, it was a new residence hall, and it was just such a special experience to be the first ones in that building and. To, you know, keep in mind, too, where we were, you know, we were close to Palladium and U-Haul, but, you know, establishing our own identity there, too.
1: Year 10 this year.
2: That's amazing. I can't believe Go on that. By quick. So what kind of relationships did you have with your residents? So... We joke because they call me Mama Mafa, at least the first year that I was there. And it was just such a special thing. We were like a little family. And it was always interesting to see, too, how you have different relationships with different students. You know, some people come and they have it down. They just want to do their own thing. But then other people, you know, might need a little extra help or guidance. And so it was nice to have that relationship and kind of take a mom away from home role.
0: So in your two years, were you just with first years? or? Yes. Okay, cool. That's awesome.
2: And and it is a special
1: community as it relates to students coming in for the first time. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the skills that you developed through the position.
2: Yeah, so definitely leadership. I think collaboration. What I loved too was being able to work with some of my fellow RAs on doing programs in the residence hall or, you know, taking students out together. Um, I think that that was something that was really important. And also just to be able to be flexible and think on your feet a little bit. You know, we're trained, the training program is extensive and it was great and so helpful. But a lot of times you can't really prepare for the things that students come to you with. So you just try to do your best and, you know, be able to reach out and ask questions as needed but you know you want to be able to keep an open mind and be flexible
0: I was just wondering, um, do you remember any of the
2: programs that you made? I do. One of my favorite ones, is still a passion of mine today. Uh, we used to do comedy shows mm-hmm. at, in the back patio at Founders Hall. And those were some of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite like comedy show in New York? I love Comedy Cellar. I think you cannot go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really it's great. And it's right here, right in our backyard.
1: Was there anything that surprised you from your time going into the RA role? Because we're at the point of selection. Yeah. And hopefully those who are listening, uh, the current candidates are being asked to listen to uh, the podcast to help so prepare them for the position. Uh, Any advice you'd give them? Because I think sometimes people have a perception mm-hmm. of what the position will be, and then they get into the role, and it's a little bit different at times.
2: I think, I think going back to that idea of being flexible, because... You know, maybe not everybody wants to play Cranium on the first day, you know, so you have to kind of be open to what your students need. Um, And, you know, maybe it is being there and having something to do every Friday night, but maybe it's not. And so kind of be be open to what your student environment really wants and needs.
0: What was like the best aspect of attending NYU for you?
2: I, I really believe it was being in the city. That was something that was so special to me. And then eventually, even when it came to moving ahead in my career, that was something that having the chance to be able to intern and you know, you're you right in the heart of it. And so you you live or I lived like I do now, pretty much. You know, it's pretty similar in a lot of aspects. And that was always really valuable to me.
1: Any regrets of being at a place like NYU that doesn't have the Saturday afternoon football game, or the basketball game, or those kind of, I don't want to say cliche mm-hmm. community things that a closed campus has, but it is different.
2: It is different. You know, that's fun, and I've been lucky enough that I was spoiled, and I was able to visit friends, or even some of my, my siblings when they went to school, and kind of get that experience a little bit, but I just, I loved my experience here so much, and I wouldn't trade it for anything.
1: Great to hear.
0: It's been great talking to you so far. Uh, we're gonna take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to jump into your current role and your experiences working as the marketing manager at NBC Universal for NBCU Code Creative Partnerships. <laughs> we'll be right back.
3: Hey y'all, my name is Jordan Woods Robinson. I was Tish graduating class in 2006 and an RA in the Brittany Hall in uh, the years 2004 to 2005. Uh, And I'm an actor and I am a Blue Man in Blue Man Group down in Orlando, Florida. You may also spot me on The Walking Dead and Homeland and The Hunger Games. Um, And if you're ever in the area or ever perusing Netflix, please, Check me out. Also, uh, I now run an acting studio in Orlando, Florida, that is translating theatrical acting tools for film and TV actors. It's a lot of the same—it's different muscles. It's different muscles, and so to be able to translate that and to be able to expand your career into film and TV. If you ever want to just hit me up for a stage coaching or to talk about industry standards or anything else. You can reach out to me at bookfromtapes.com, B-O-O-K-F-R-O-M-T-A-P-E.com, and we'll schedule a time to talk.
1: Welcome back, Amanda. Uh, We've just heard from you about your experiences as an undergraduate here. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say a long time ago compared to me, (laughs) but a, a little while ago. Now we're gonna talk a little bit about what you've done since you have graduated from NYU. Let's talk a little bit about what it was like graduation day, because you have a special thing that happened on graduation day for you. I
2: do. I was actually sitting in the stands at Yankee Stadium, and that is where I sent an email, probably shouldn't have been doing that, but sent an email and accepted the job that I ended up pursuing after college.
1: And what was the job, and how was that aligned with your preparation from undergrad to that role?
2: Yeah, so I accepted a job as an account coordinator at CBS Interactive, and I was focused on their B2B or business-to-business sites at the time Um, it was a tough decision I actually this sounds a little cliche too but I was fortunate enough to also have an offer uh, somewhere else but it was more of a traditional uh, broadcast TV ad sales role and so I faced a tough decision that was at the time something I was more interested in because I think when you think of media and communications it's easy to jump to that what's depicted on TV, you know, that fast paced lifestyle, you know, maybe Mad Men era feel. And that was what attracted me a little bit. And at the time, digital advertising was still pretty new. And in my mind, I was thinking that as, is it the spam that you're getting online? You know, what, what exactly is this? But I took a leap of faith. I felt that that really would be the future. And I'm so glad that I did. So at your
0: time at CBS
2: Interactive, what was the most
0: you know meaningful work that you performed and what skills did you learn from working
2: there? Yeah, so actually to jump back for a second, I think one of the things about being in the city too was being able to have that internship experience. And that was something that was always really valuable to me because what I found, at least in the communications field, is it's so broad and every company has some type of communications department. And so it was really important to me to be able to explore the field and see what I was interested in and get a sense of what I wanted to do. I loved what I was able to learn in class, but to be able to go out in the real world and apply it to a job was really valuable. And so that first job as an account coordinator, I learned a lot. It was drinking from a fire hose a little bit. Uh, it was a total crash course in digital advertising.
0: Well, are you allowed to like spill sort of
2: on <laughs> co- kind of the projects that you got to work on? There? A little bit. Yeah. So I always was on the sales track at that point, And I worked really closely with the sales team. And it, you know, you're managing clients, you're working with different partners to make sure you're satisfying their ass and that they're able to reach their customers. The B2B space was unique because it's a lot more direct to consumer and it was getting an email or, you know, something more immediate as opposed to just general brand awareness all the time. So I learned the differences in that, but really just being able to manage my time and know how to work with all of the different personalities whether it was my peers internally or with clients externally so when you're doing
1: sales mm-hmm. at any point do you feel like if you're working with a company who wants to put some ads for your for what you're selling that you want to help them with their brand as oh, well
2: absolutely I think that's the most important thing you know we want to we're in the business of helping our partners and, and we want to make them look good and we want to make sure that we're recommending something that's going to work and that they will come back to us time and time again. It really is about those relationships. And so it's an open dialogue. um, And I think that's the hardest thing to ultimately get to, because you have to kind of establish that trust and run a test. And it's a lot of growing pain sometimes.
1: And I'm sure those relationships you have with those uh, those companies stay with you throughout your career as well. Yeah,
2: uh, it's it that has been eye opening to me as well because in the different roles that I've had to this point and the different companies that I've been, there have been some familiar names and faces that yeah. pop back up. So you never know where you might run into someone again. So speaking of your former roles, mm-hmm. um, you actually moved to WWE. So, did. what was it like working there? It was amazing it was such a good experience for me i was so lucky it it really was right place right time i had been at cbs interactive for three years at that point and i was on the sales track and was thinking about making a change i was in the b2b space which was something that it was a great learning experience for me because that is not an easy sell Um, But I knew at a certain point that I wanted something different, and I applied a couple of places. I really, the first pass at it, I wanted to apply places that I was really excited by. WWE was one of those places, and as I found out after the fact, I was the last person that they interviewed. I actually went in, and they called me an hour after my interview to come back on a second round, which was I was so over the moon, so excited, and then the rest was history. I was there for five years, and it was such wonderful, I can't say enough nice things.
1: It's a very large organization. Uh,
2: It is, and it's large, but it's so interesting to see the difference between, from going from CBS to WWE, because that jump actually, it felt smaller, Mm -hmm. especially considering what they do and the level of production of the show that they put on. It's incredible what they're able to do.
1: And so what were you working on directly for them?
2: So when I joined WWE, I started as an account manager. So a somewhat similar role to what I had left at CBS Interactive. I had started as a coordinator, like I said, and then I was fortunate enough to be promoted there. And I was dealing more on a one-to-one basis with our clients. So when I went to WWE, I joined the team there. And I was working really closely with sales, but with more of a marketing lean at that point. And I really enjoyed that. It was a small team. And to me, that was what made it so valuable because I was able to get exposure to all of the different steps of the process. And that was something that I found that I really had a passion for marketing, because I love the strategic thinking. What we would do is when the sales lead would go out on meetings, they'd come back, we'd have this kickoff call with the group and really brainstorm what we can do wwe believe it or not i would almost relate it to disney in some ways because we we own the rights to the characters and so we can tell really interesting stories by by working with the superstars and some of the thematics that you see on tv Surprised by any of those stories? Yeah, I, you know, I think that was something that I didn't know going into it. I actually was a secret wrestling fan, oh. and so when I had the opportunity to go and work there, I was really excited, and it was a world that I had just scratched the surface on, and being in a stadium for WrestleMania with all of the fans chanting, it is the most incredible feeling. In the world, and it's such a point of pride, um, especially when we would have some of our partners come and be able to see their executions on the big screen or in the ring, you know, whatever it was we were doing, it was was really cool.
1: One more question on that. Oh, please. Favorite character, favorite wrestler.
2: Oh, I love them all. It's so much fun, but The Rock is an easy, easy answer. But the talent that they have currently, especially what they're doing with the women, they're in the middle of a women's evolution and... The talent is incredible and so nice. They actually get training at NXT, the Performance Center uh, down in Orlando. So now their experience, they really get a 360 and it made our job really easy because part of that is that media training and knowing how to work with brands and partners and having them to be able to work with was, was so great.
0: So I'm also a secret wrestling oh, I'm fan. So, so when to you hear mentioned that. WrestleMania, I was like freaking out were internally you... because I wish one day you I'll haven't attended and... one. I have not, okay. not we had were the privilege. We in of... New York last year. I know, <laughs> um, but I haven't really been keeping up either. Yeah. But I'm a massive fan it's of great. wrestling, and so when I saw that you worked for WWE, I was like, oh my god! So did you get to meet any of the? A few,
2: yeah, because that was some of what we did. Like I was saying, you know, it was so interesting because it was my first exposure to true sponsorship. And we sit in a unique position because it really is a hybrid of sports and entertainment. And, you know... I think you see traditional sponsorship in sports often, um, but really we were going place to place, and you know you work with the arena to the best of your ability. But then there's the digital and social media aspect of it too. Uh, so it really is a full 360. And then some of that is working with some of the superstars to, um, you know, do custom content and social promotion things like that.
1: I can't imagine how many hours of training they do to it's, perform at the level they do live.
2: It's amazing. That is something just to see the schedule and and they're working around the clock because yes, not only is it what you see on TV, but to your point, it's the training and then, you know, everything else working with us and our team that was something that was, you know, time as well.
0: So you recently transitioned to NBC Universal. So what prompted the change?
2: I I needed a change. I, you know, I like I said, I cannot say enough great things about my time with WWE and it was such a valuable learning experience for me, but I got to a point and a place where I'm still really early in my career. You know, as much as I feel like it's walking around campus today, I it's been a long time since I've been back here, but I realized that you know, this is just the beginning of something that's hopefully a long career for me. And I want to have as much diverse experience, especially now as I can. You know, we were talking earlier about how much the industry has changed even just in since I started. And I think it's really important to be able to stay up to date on that. And the NBC opportunity came my way actually through a friend of mine who I used to work with at CVS Interactive. And the team was new. NBC had pitched and won the right to uh, sell Apple News. So actually, if you go on the Apple News app on your phone, that is our space. That was kind Mm -hmm. of what started the team. And then they looked at some of their other third-party partners, YouTube, BuzzFeed, DreamWorks TV, and they rolled that all under one umbrella, which is the code team. And so it sounded like such a unique opportunity. Yes, it was NBC Universal, which is this dynamic brand. But beyond that, it was this grassroots, you know, brand new opportunity. So it was exciting.
1: You mentioned the change. How abreast do you need to keep as it relates to new technologies and new information that's going to help your customers and the company that you work for?
2: I think it's very important. It's very, very important. Because what I have found in my own experience is a lot of brands these days you know, it's not just having a catchy jingle or not just having a commercial spot that resonates with people. It's people talking about their brand and being part of the conversation. And in so many different ways, you know, you can do it. By putting good into the world and, you know, have a social justice angle to it? Or is it something where it's humorous and kind of setting the trends? It's more than just advertising and brand familiarity. It's brand love that a lot of our partners we see want. And so not only has technology changed just the types of insights and research that we can pull and the audience data that we can get. You know, that's the blessing and the curse with digital advertising is we're able to track so much and get so much information. But, you know, where is that line? And also... It's hard because you're always looking for a specific number, a specific number of impressions or, you know, how do you measure the value of your program? But beyond that, even the changes in social media have made such an impact. You know, everybody wants their thing to go viral and feel like they made some shift in the marketplace that way. And so it's it's being able to stay on top of that as well, because that impacts it, too.
0: So you mentioned a lot about the changes in terms of media itself, but in terms of your career as well, switching from you know WWE to NBC Universal. Right. So how was that sort of change for you? And if you could just you know maybe tell us
2: a normal day working sure. in the yeah. marketing field now. The change was so scary. It was one mm-hmm. of the hardest decisions that I've had to make. Again, I I'm smiling. I'm sure you could hear it in my yeah. voice too, uh, when I think back of my time at WWE. But I, I knew that I had to do it for myself, and I wanted to grow my career, and so that's what I did, and it was definitely a learning curve. It had been such a long time since I had been the new person, and so it was a mix of that and learning the company and the new role, um, but I, I'm now about three months in. and I feel definitely more settled now than I did three months ago, but... I'm still learning. And I think that's a process that it's important to be open to. And I, you know, I want to kind of continue to have this experience because this is exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for a change and I definitely got one. Um, And in my normal day to day, it kind of varies. It depends what we have going on. But I am still working closely with sales and our clients one of the things that I really love I'm actually I've had some more exposure to photoshop so I'm I've gotten a little bit more creative in the presentations that I've been building so that's been a really fun change for me too um just to have that like tactical skill that I get to practice on a daily basis has been really cool.
1: So what does a person in the marketing field do to continue to educate themselves and stay current? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you reading some journals or online information that you kind of put in your head space pretty regularly? Are you taking classes? Yeah. What's your professional development?
2: A A little bit of everything. You know, I... I'm lucky that I've gotten to attend some really great conferences. I think that is something that I really love cuz I can talk about the media industry. I forever like it's it's so interesting to see how much has changed and where we've come from and and what people think the future might be. And so I I love to be in those environments where we're able to truly immerse ourselves in that education and see what other brands are doing, what's working well, you know, what do they think or where do they think, you know, it could grow even just looking at gaming, how popular that's become and getting into that space. So uh, Sports Business Journal, they they have great uh, publications, they do a really wonderful conference or conferences every year. Um, the ANA also does a lot of interesting work. And they have great panels and speakers and, and brands that are part of their community. But then beyond that, I think just just listening to peers and culture, because I, that's so much of it too you know just pursuing my own interests even outside of work it's hard to run away from that to some regard because really there's marketing everywhere
1: so you're a person who listens to the commercials rather than you to over them or whatever. <laughs> yeah
2: i actually really do try to do
0: that i'm like this is my livelihood <laughs> It's funny because a lot of your career aligns with kind of like what I would like to do in my career. So I was just wondering if you can give me some advice. Like, what would you advise other undergraduates who are planning to pursue a career in media, um, specifically marketing, communications, what have you? What is the, the... best advice that you can give us?
2: Network. That is the number one thing I would say. Like I was saying earlier, you never know where you might run into someone. And I think it's really important to have that network of peers who not only can you just have a dialogue with to kind of hear and see what everyone's working on and and what is interesting, but you you never know, you know, where your next opportunity might come. and, And really that I owe a lot of the success that I've had to date to that, to having those relationships. You know, the job that I'm at now came from a friend I used to work with, and even just starting in this industry, Ryan and Gary was one of my uh, fellow RAs at Founders Hall, and he put me up for an internship at CBS. I we had no business working together. We wreaked havoc in that office, but it led to my first job after after college. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And now, since you mentioned Ryan's name, it is time for shout-out for yes, your so former cute. colleagues. Who do you stay in contact with?
2: Oh, I'm so lucky. I have such dear friends from being in the RA program. Ryan's one. Uh, Nick Block, we actually were at his wedding this year, which was a blast. Um, I saw Emma McCormack and Devin Ursha. Well, M- Emma... Urshao now. Um, Nick Jensen, Mitch Weaver, Ife, Anatunde, Ben Ruiz. It's so funny. I was thinking about it before coming here today, and you almost forget that's how we met. It's kind of crazy to think about, but yeah, I love them. I'm so lucky.
1: That's awesome. It is now time for speed round.
2: Oh, I'm nervous. Don't be <laughs> Okay,
0: you ready? Yes. All time favorite book. Oh, Harry Potter. What do you miss most about living in a residence hall? Ooh, um, access to the dining halls, probably. Best program you did as an RA? Definitely the comedy
2: shows. Any celebrity sightings while at NYU? I really didn't, but I want to do a special shout out to the timekeeper. I actually think he was the best. He used to tell us if we were running late to class, and and I loved him. You,
1: you might want to explain the timekeeper, because our current undergrads uh, won't know the timekeeper, and that was a decades-long incredible person who, who really made yes. NYU. I mean, everyone talked yes. about John the timekeeper.
2: Yes. So uh, there was a man who would stand near the park, and he knew the schedule, and so So as students were transferring between classes, he would shout out, five minutes, you have five minutes, and kind of yell whether you were running late to class. And he would be out there every Every day, every day.
1: day. There's a memorial for him upstairs on the seventh floor of the Center for Student Life that actually uh, uh, memorializes him.
2: yeah. He, he was an icon was amazing
1: that's, that's incredible one of
2: the best parts about being in new york you get these personalities and they become part of your experience
1: you absolutely do
2: that's incredible yeah. Wow, i
0: i would have liked a time <laughs>
2: yeah it was very helpful for me our students do need it
0: today <laughs> And last question. Yeah. Favorite NYU professor?
2: Oh, um, I actually really was lucky. I think this is what, what kind of set me on the course a little bit, too. It was two adjunct professors that I had. One was Peter Land. He did a sports marketing class. And then the other was Andy Goldman, who I'm blanking now on the name of the course, but it was it was like a film and TV Um and that was just so interesting to me. And it was so cool to have professors who had true experience out in the field. And that was really when I started to get a sense of what I would ultimately end up doing.
1: We do have one last question. Yeah.
2: is What is your
1: all-time favorite memory of being either at NYU or being in the RA role?
2: Oh, I think just the bonds that I made. Like I said, I'm so lucky that... These were friendships that I, I was able to carry with me beyond school. You know, I think back, we used to karaoke every Thursday, and we, we I was just with uh, Emma, Nick, and Mitch last night, when we were we karaokeed a little bit. So it was just, that was so special, and, and even the relationships that you form with the students that you work with, you know, those are the things that I remember and, and made the most impact and shaped who I became as a person.
1: That's great. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Amanda, yes. thank you so much for spending
0: time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living the dream school alumni version life.
1: Amanda, what I remember most about you is your effervescence. You thank have you. such a wonderful personality, so welcoming and inviting. Thank you so much. And so um, you just are just full of life and and that really that. does translate and transition to so many other people so thank you for bringing thank your smile you. and your energy everywhere you go thank you. Uh, special thanks to my engineer dean maupin uh executive director duncan lemieux and our executive producer shahara ranasingh both who are RAs, and to our current professional staff and the alum staff, such as Joanna and Akisa, who did a wonderful job helping the alum RAs get skill acquisition along the way. If you like tonight's show, look for more content on the newly unveiled NYU RA alumni website, which is at where-ra-now.webflow.io, which lists RA favorite books, picks of all time favorite memories. And now we're introducing picks of married couples who are RAs <laughs> just rolling out now. Uh, Stephanie and Glenn are the oh. first one. I had brunch with them today. Uh, and also a chance for RAs to get mentored as well. Until next time, please bring your smile, your energy and bring life to others. We certainly need more of it. Have a good night.